panic writing at like 11 o'clock on the day it's due is not fun. Hey there, it's Shawnee from Strive to Learn, and I have another episode of Mindful Emissions, a podcast that is dedicated to bringing your family some peace and sanity in your college application process. So in today's episode, we're going to be talking with Amanda Merrifield, who is a UC Santa Cruz alumni herself and college admissions consultant here at Strive to Learn. We're going to go over the very important PIQs, you know, the University of California's personal insight questions. But what's really unique about this episode is Amanda's going to walk me through the questions as if I were a student. So it's kind of like a sneak peek into what a session is really like with our counselors. Ready to get started? Let's go. Thank you so much for meeting with me and Amanda. Um, today we're going to talk about the UCPIQs, which I know are super prevalent in the minds of students today. And if they're not already um, hyperventilating about how close or how soon the UC application is due, then I'm sure they'll be starting soon. Should parents take Thanksgiving to talk about like, you know, the PIQs or like what kind of values or should they kind of keep? I mean, this is obviously a personal opinion, but, you know, should they keep uh, it segmented from Thanksgiving? Gosh, it depends on how receptive you are, listener, to talking about that stuff on a holiday. Um, Because sometimes, like, too many opinions kind of gets in the way of, like, the truth of the matter. And it's because it truly is your essay. Um, And sometimes people get overwhelmed and they're like, my mom thinks I should write this and I don't. Um, You know, and that's hard because it isn't your mom's essay. Unfortunately, it's yours. And um, but then there's also people that flounder when they're too isolated um, and they can't write because they just have writer's block. So I would say there is no rule about Thanksgiving or no, you know, but I would say enjoy your time with your friend, your family and your friends and yourself. Enjoy a little break, but only if you've done it a little bit already. <laughs> yeah. Got it. <laughs> for for the for the teachers, the parents, or you know, mentors that are listening to this, trying to help their kids or help someone that's going through this process, how do you prompt? But how like how should they phrase questions that prompt uh, and insight? Yeah, um, I think it's a careful game, but like trying to yeah, trying to lead them or suggest can be annoying to anyone who's trying to like write and like have have um, organic thoughts um, because it can be distracting or like you can a student might focus on no dad I don't want to talk about that Um, I think yeah just helping them think through it is helpful asking open-ended questions like what do you want them to know about you oh like um, well I've noticed that you're really thoughtful and you're really passionate about statistics what would you want to tell them about that or I I've noticed in my years of knowing you, however long that is, um, that you are really caring and that your friends are everything to you. What do you think you could write about that? Are there any examples? Like, so not saying open-ended, like not saying closed-ended questions like, well, you should write about your friends. Well, what about my friends, mom? I don't know, you know? Um, So yeah, so I think open-ended questions that get someone to reflect out loud. And then you can do what I do and just write everything down that they say. Um, and type it out even like a friend, anybody can do this, a friend or a teacher or a parent can ask questions and write down everything because you never know what kind of cool gems are going to come out when they're just talking to you. 
um, yeah, it could be some of the most like profound thoughts that they have because they're relaxed and they're just having a conversation instead of sitting down and having to formulate it correctly on the page. Um, so I would say, yeah. What is the difference between a UC PIQ versus a personal statement or what are common like pitfalls that students make about this? process? Yeah. So that's a really good question. Um, sometimes the essays kind of all blur together and you might've done maybe a rough draft or something for your, your English class in your junior year. And you might be thinking, Oh, like that sounds kind of familiar, but I don't really remember. But basically the UC app is its own standalone thing for all of the UC campuses. And the personal statement is an essay that goes out to not the UCs, but to other private, typically private schools on the common app. Broadly, the personal statement is one essay and it's like 650 words. And the UCPIQs, you pick four prompts from and they're short. But basically, yeah, that's like kind of the biggest differences between them. And then the approach is pretty much the same. The crossover that I think people sometimes get confused about is that you can write a UCPIQ and think it's really, really great and actually use that. Um, and expand it into your personal statement. Or maybe you write a personal statement that's really, really great and you condense it uh, to match one of the UCPIQ prompts. They are both really just wanting their essays, prompts that are wanting to get to know you and your values and what you can bring to um, the universities that you're applying to. So they definitely are in the same vein, even though they do have some technical differences. Thank you so much, Amanda. I really appreciate um, the quick clarification, kind of laying down the groundwork here. I don't want to take up too much of your time on all the particulars and technicalities because the University of California actually produces their very thorough, very detailed guide themselves. And I will link that in the show notes. But I am curious about how you approach the PIQs with your students. Like, what is your process? The first thing I get them to do is think about themselves and like what kind of stuff they actually have to talk about. And then I like to go into the, okay, well, how are we going to frame this? What is the point of your essay? What, what is the point of all this? It's not just to talk about yourself and it's not just to like have a second resume. They've already got a resume for you. They already have your activities list. They already know what it is that you did. So you don't need to write an entire essay repeating yourself. Like if you were, for example, a wonderful soccer player, they already know that because they read your your activities list. This is for you to share stuff that they cannot glean from your activities list. This is for them to get a context of who you are as a human, not just what you can do and what you have done. Does it matter how many examples they bring into the work? No, it, I don't. I mean, you're, you're just not going to get your whole life story in these essays. It's just not possible because you have so many like depths, deep experiences. The depth of um, knowledge that you have about your life is going to be way bigger than can fit in a couple of essays. But I, what I will say is if you tend to be the kind of person that has a lot of small examples that you just really want to put in, that's fine. You can do that, but just make sure it's around one central point. That's This is backing up your central point. So if your point is leadership, I'm a really great leader. And you can think of like five examples of when you've led maybe your class or maybe a group project or uh, your team or a club or whatever. So you can think of a bunch of times that you've been a leader. That's cool. You can weave that into a story. Um, However, don't lose the central point, which is that through leadership, you found compassion and you found joy and, you know, don't, don't forget to, to bring those things through. And what I would say for the students that are like, that's too hard. I think my essay is going to be too all over the place. If I bring a, a bunch of things, you know, into it, that's okay too. You can write about one single story and show your values through that story. And I think whichever side you choose, whether it's many examples or one example, stick to 
the one third rule. I love the one third rule where you talk about one third of it is what the catalyst for the thing you're going to talk about. One third of it is what you did about the catalyst or what, what action you did. And then one third is how it's going to affect you going forward. So your examples, that'll always stick in the middle third. So it's whatever you're the most comfortable with bringing in. Um, so for example, going on this leadership example, if you're like, when I was a freshman, I met the best leader I've ever met. And that person inspired me. That's a catalyst. And then the example is I then became the leader of the club where I met that person and I aspired to be the starter on the football team and this, that's cool. Or you can just say, and I aspired to be the leader of the club where I met that person. It doesn't matter because it's just going to be one third of your essay. And then the one, the final third is in the future, I want to be the leader of a club that I know exists on campus, or um, I want to be a leader of my friends and, and for the power of good or whatever it might be. So it, you, that's, I hope that kind of answers your question because it kind of fits into the bigger whole rather than the main focus. Got it. So really tying that, um, tying your essay or your response back into kind of how it's going to impact you or impact your, yeah. I don't want to say your world or like your community, but kind of how it brings relevance to why, why a school would admit you. Yeah. Cause they want to see you in context. Yeah. No, it just, I, I was just agreeing. Yeah. I, I think they want to see you in context. So that's cool that all that stuff happened, but do you have enough reflection to see yourself in the future and what you're going to do with that? Because that's, they're, they're admitting you on potential. They're looking at your past as indicators of what you're going to do or what you're going to be. And of course, you can always change and you can always grow, but they just want to kind of get to know you so that they can maybe anticipate that this is the type of person that does want to do more leadership. Or maybe you had the worst time ever being a leader and you don't want to do that anymore because you learned from that and you're like, I wasn't, I wasn't happy in the leadership role and I would much rather be doing something else. You know, that's, that's also okay, but they just want to know what your reflections are. And so, so it's totally okay to be vulnerable, not only just have this at the year's prompts, like highlight your strengths or things that you achieve. Cause I've always heard like the advice, like, Oh, go to your skills and achievements and then kind of like find ways to pepper those in to your PIQs. But uh, are you saying that should there be vulnerability and like things that you've struggled with in the essay? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think for the PIQs, especially, I mean, not every essay is created equal, but definitely in the PIQs, you can use your activities list or your resume as a starting point. If you kind of forget what you got up to the last few years, which like fair enough, like I don't always remember all the things I did. If you have forgotten, you can go back and look, but I think it's sort of like a qualitative deep dive into those. Um, because you know, when you see a line on a page of like dance team, they kind of are probably wondering what was that like for you? Were you, did you just immediately pick up dance with the second that you stepped foot on the stage or were there difficulties? And if you did immediately pick it up, cause I know some people are like dance was my whole life. I've never not danced. What does that mean for you? What did you make of that? And what do you want to do with that talent? Or if you're like, man, I was terrible at dance and I really worked at it. And this was my, my journey. Or some people say, I had a lot of trauma going on at home and dance was my outlet or dance was the thing that I was still terrible at. And, but it was a reason for me to get up in the morning because I had depression. Like these are all qualitative things that are absolutely okay to talk about in your essays because it's about you. <laughs> are there certain prompts for certain people? Like should there, should there be certain prompts that students stay away from, for instance, like, um, 
like is leadership something that students should always try to write on if they can or if they can think of things like I've heard you know rumors that oh the UCs really want to see leadership in their students and so if you really can address that problem do you want to do so I think that rumors are so funny because every year it's like a different thing um and I think that there isn't one prompt that's better than the others or one thing they're looking for that's more than the others because the UCs are trying to build um, a diverse and interesting place to, to go to school. And they don't want a homogenous bunch of like leaders. They don't want everybody, every single person to say, no, I want the spotlight. <laughs> like, no, I want to lead the club um, because some people, their skill set is I'm a researcher. I don't want to lead. I don't want to like host the meetings. I want to go away and do the thing. Um, or my talents are somewhere else. Um, and I think, I mean, when you think about the tens of thousands of students that are attending all the UCs, there's no way that they're all leaders all the time. <laughs> or if they are now, they might not have been when they were seniors. Maybe they were like, no, I'm, I'm terrified of speaking in front of people, even if it's five people I know. Um, and they don't, I don't think anybody wants to preclude that. But I also think, you know, the only essays that you should stay away from are the ones that you, you look at it and you think this doesn't apply to me. Like, I don't know. Um, no shame. That's okay. It doesn't have to apply to you. That's why there's a bunch of prompts and you only have to pick a few. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I like that. I haven't thought about it that way. Like, oh yeah, if, if everyone follows advice of lead, like read, um, write about your leadership prompt, there's going to be a lot of leadership prompts to read and people are going to be like, Ugh. you know, the readers cannot <laughs> be fed with, fed up with it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I think, um, you know, these people that are reading your essays are, are people too. And they know that they know better than anyone the kind of um, diverse experiences that people have all over the world in their high school, you know, high school days. And not every school provides leadership opportunities either. Um, so they would never think, oh, well, we're not going to admit those people. How do students choose the right prompts or how do you suggest students get started? Um, that's the question of the day. I think that's one of the hardest places to start. And um, I think this can, some of the pitfalls that you asked about, Shawnee, is people don't know which one to pick. And so they procrastinate and then they like write their essay the last minute because they don't know where they're starting. The thing I would recommend for someone that is hasn't started writing yet or did write something and they don't like it is to copy and paste all of the prompts onto a Word document and see if you can just rough answer the question in a sentence or two. Um, if you're looking at the prompt and you're like, I have nothing to say about this, then skip it. Move on to the next one. Maybe you don't have anything to say about that one either. Move on until you have something to write about and just write two sentences. It could be the worst sentences you've ever written. It could even be bullet points. It doesn't matter. Just write something down. And then you'll kind of work through the prompt until you get four essays. So for example, Shawnee, I'm going to use you as my my example student. Perfect. Yes. Awesome. You get the inside preview of what it looks like in session. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, so okay. So we're looking at these prompts right now for this purposes, for this um podcast purposes i am writing notes for you because also the other thing that happens is sometimes it's easier to say it out loud than it is to write it down first prompt we're looking at is describe an example of your leadership experience in which you have positively influenced others helped resolve disputes or contributed to group efforts over time and you initially were like that's not me i don't have anything to say about that um and if you were my student i would say that's cool if you don't have anything to say about that right off the back of that reading that statement, we're just going to move on to the next one because I don't want you to panic and think, oh, okay, I have to write something about this. We're going to go with our guts here. And that usually is the best course of action. So number two, every person has a creative side. And Shani, I know you, you're very creative. So I'm already feeling good about this. 
um, <laughs> it can be expressed in many ways, problem solving, original and innovative thinking, artistically, to name a few. Describe how you express your creative side. What do you think? Is there something that comes to mind that you're like, oh yeah, I've got something I could say about that? I have been painting a lot lately, pretty much every day. I see a lot of possibility in everything. So I'm like, oh, <laughs> I'm going to, I don't like the way this chair is designed. So I'm going to redesign it and I'll try to take it apart and put it together again and I'll fail at it. Or <laughs> there's, so there's a lot of like, you know, I see things that are wrong or that I want better. And so I will try to solve it myself, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. So you just gave me some really awesome insights to who you are as a person. That's problem solving. That's creativity. You know, that's, that's all the things in this prompt. You were saying, um, sees problems as solutions almost and interesting things to solve and get into. So that's, that's a sentence and we can come back and, and make it more beautiful later on. So let's just, for the purposes of this podcast, maybe pick one more thing so that I can also help you with the narrowing process, narrowing down. What would you say is your greatest talent or skill? How have you developed and demonstrated that talent over time? I mean, I don't know if, if curiosity is a skill. <laughs> if you want it to be. <laughs> I do. If it is a skill, then I think I have a curiosity in, in like leaps and bounds. You were asking is curiosity a skill? Well, if in your essay, if you can make a case that it's a skill, heck yeah. I think I have a student right now that we were talking about athleticism as a skill. It's not something you're necessarily inherently born with, but you can definitely hone it like you hone a skill like anything else. So I think this is a super open-ended question. And I think you could definitely make curiosity your skill or your talent or whatever it is that you want to call it and write an essay about it. I think that allows me to really uh, dig into new different problems or into new like research areas. Or I'm always, I, you know, my friends tell me that I like, you know, what's your obsession for the month or the week or this day? So I'm always getting myself into things that I really have no experience in, but I'm interested in learning. And so I think that kind of gives me a really interesting take on reality and problems or different, I don't know, topics. Because I know it's just like, how have you honed it over time? Um, sometimes it's narrative and culture that's kind of put these limiting beliefs on what we're good at, what we're not good at. And so we kind of change our interest based off of that dictation. So, oh, I'm not good at math. And so I'm not going to investigate into why this is. Or like we give ourselves permission to be curious about certain subjects rather than others. And so what I've learned is like that even if I'm curious about the subject matter that I'm not good at, it's still OK to like I give myself permission that it's OK to still like follow the rabbit hole down there. And so. You know, and even though I'm not the best at, at that one particular subject, I can still learn a lot and I still improve in general by having just contact with that area. And that's one of the things I actually really like about this prompt is that I think it asks all of the writers to really think about what is a skill. It is something that you work on over time and you don't have to be good at it <laughs> to write about it. You you can you can say, you know, um, my greatest skill is is math because I've just worked so hard at it and I'm still not good at it but it's something I've really honed over time and I'm much better than I was. Am I Stephen Hawking? No, you know, it's, it doesn't matter. So I think that's a really, really good point, Shani, um, is that you're definitely allowed to be curious about something, even if you're not good at it. Did you hear the difference between how I responded to the first prompt versus the second? Man, the question about creativity was really dry. Like it was just like, yeah, I paint. And then I took apart a chair and blah, 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 blah. For the second one, I mean, obviously I had not thought about it very deeply before because my answer was is semi-intelligible but you could tell that the question struck a chord and when you're kind of narrowing down with oh which prompt should I pick pick the ones that really 
resonate with you, that they make you want to rent because you have a lot to say about them. Because oftentimes what these prompts are meant to do is they're meant to pick out, you know, your values. And so you want something to make you passionate about or emotional about or more than just a dry answer of A, B and C. Now, I don't know if I would have gotten there on my own. And so that kind of showcases a value of having someone else to talk to, to kind of validate your feelings towards this, to really help you dig deeper. There's definitely some merit in that. But you also want to see that when I was answering the prompt, I had naturally tried to communicate what I had learned and why this was important to me. So when you're picking out the prompts, figure out which ones, A, emotionally resonate with you, B, that you can explain what you've learned and like why you value it, and that C, well, I guess there is no C, but yeah, we'll just go with A and B for now. Let's get back to the show. So that's where we're going to start because I also don't, I think I truly believe that sometimes you got to let these things marinate overnight or for a week or something you get out of them, what you put into them. So the more time you think about it and the more, um, just, you know, consideration that you put into these outside of our sessions, the better they're going to be. Um, because obviously I can't make you do anything. <laughs> you have to be the one to write it over, you know, of course <laughs> you can't write the prompt for me. What? <laughs> Unfortunately not. Unfortunately, I can't write your essay for you, but I will definitely always meet you where you are in our sessions. Um, and if it becomes clear, like over time, like there's a pattern of like, for some reason you walk away from the session and you just can't motivate yourself to continue then we can, I'll send, I'll send you an email, a text reminder or something. I, I would do that. Um, if you're that kind of a student that needs it, I would do it. I definitely need the, I'm definitely the person that needs a reminder. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> a lot of people are, cause you know, school gets busy and like you have like you're still your extracurriculars and you have your friends and you've got your family and whatever else, you know, that you're up to in the week. And this isn't always the first thing that you think to do when all that stuff is done. Um, so yeah, sometimes my students benefit from a little text reminder midweek, like, Hey, how's it going over there? <laughs> you know? Um, so yeah, so that, so that's kind of my initial, like if you were, if you were completely lost and you really didn't know what to do, that would be kind of the method. And, you know, a lot of times people just need that little boost. They just need a little, a little push in the right direction. And then their brain catches on fire and they're like, actually, it's kind of fun to talk about myself. Look at all these things. So don't wait till the last minute and, and think you, you, you can't do it because you can't. Thanks for listening. As we continue to produce episodes of this podcast, you can follow along on our website, www.strivetolearn.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Stay tuned for future episodes and don't forget to subscribe. We'd appreciate any support you can give, including likes, downloads, shares, and good reviews. Got something you want to learn about? Ask us questions in the comments or DM us on Instagram at strive to learn tutor. Get the latest updates on the college admissions world and be the first to receive exclusive offers when you subscribe to our newsletter by visiting our website, www.strivetolearn.com. Thanks for sticking around and I'll see you next time.